0: I saw an opportunity to affect change in some young men, and so I jumped at it.
1: Ooh,
2: doggy! That's my take right there.
1: How does this game rank on your (laughs) all-time wildest game list? John's all-time
0: wildest game list. It was kind of shocking, but it it was thrilling also.
2: Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us, however you are doing so, large device or small, on whichever social media platform or YouTube, however you are catching up with us, seeing that we are decked out in our GPB Sports golf shirts, ready to go for another round. And this one, as always, it's a fantastic show. Folks are getting into region play, and we really enjoyed this one that we have. Our guest this week for the Anchor Leg.
1: Yeah, John and I texted each other this morning and we said, wear our black GPB sports polos for good luck after a wild week that was last week. But well,
2: but I always wear my GPB polo.
1: I know. I'm just joking. I matched you yeah, today. There, I see, wanted to be John see? today.
2: Wow, that's a dangerous proposition. <laughs>
1: All right, guys. On today's show, we're going to recap our game of the week, take a look at what happened in region openers around the rest of the state, mm-hmm. preview week 7 by hearing from Osborne head coach Luke Monsalam, uh-huh. and we'll also hear coach clips to get you ready for the Winnersville classic.
2: Oh, all right. One more time? <laughs> one more time? Can you can you do that one Did more time? Like that? Yeah, one more time.
1: I can't do it. See, she doesn't want. She doesn't want. Classic. See, there you go. Got to go. Got to go high at the end.
2: Yeah. See, see. I. I. When you. When you tease something like that. That. That elevation. The wintersville
1: Classic. Okay, that was way, way better than mine. I'm gonna leave that up to you from now on.
2: It's from. You know, from the diaphragm. You know, you come. You know, from the deep recesses of the diaphragm. All of the. Deep recesses, you're talking down here, and it's very authoritative, the Wintersville Classic. classic. You know. And then this is where Ambassador Jeremy sits there, and he makes all the echoes, and he's just mm-hmm. like, classic, like, classic, 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 classic.
1: Or he's just in there rolling his eyes at us. Probably okay, we've accurate. got some um, color we on the friends. set today yeah, here, studio. Friends. We've got a yellow helmet and a red helmet.
2: Well, it's new friends. New friends. The uh, the new friends we have as I uh, pound the one that is, I hit the one that is furthest away from me at arm's reach. Courtesy of Coach Hammond down at Worth County, the Worth County Rams, nice. and this one for those who are watching the video Look at version that camera on YouTube. Shot.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm blocking there it. With my see, computer. this. This there has
2: you. to be an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman it's helmet or a linebacker. All of the this shoot like up.
1: It is really. Spot.
2: This has a lot of paint that's been traded on this one. So thanks to Coach Hammond down at Worth County for the uh, the addition here, and then the one closest to me is Scraven County, Coach yeah. Duncan. Uh, sent this one. So we have Screven County. We have Worth County. We have Sylvester and Sylvania. Sylvester and Sylvania.
1: Say that five times fast.
2: Sylvester and Sylvania. Sylvester and Sylvania. I
1: mean, not actually, John. Okay,
2: well, but once again, thanks to all the coaches across the state that send our new friends in. I know, it's great. And we get to to add them to the set downstairs Mm -hmm. for uh, Football Fridays in Georgia. But once again, thanks to Coach Hammond and Coach Duncan for Worth County and Screven County added to the set downstairs at georgia public very very cool
1: so we're back to normal this friday are you sure Uh, i think so (laughs) after what was a wild week last week with the threat of hurricane ian we had games on wednesday thursday friday saturday monday Mm -hmm. so john my question for you is was what was your take on how, how, how all of it went down and was there any unexpected fallout from I from mean, the storm changes?
2: biggest thing for me is just to, to give a lot of credit to everyone yeah. it takes to have a game pulled off. Mm-hmm. All the administrators, all the coaches, all of the fans, everyone that's attached to a game. Officials. I mean, think about all the officials that were uh, all around the state trying to make sure that uh, they you were properly staffed for all the games around the state. A lot of folks that make Football Fridays what they are, had to juggle their lives to make sure that as many games as possible stayed as true to the schedule as they could. You had games pushed two days ahead, and we caught up with Sean Calhoun Cockwood, who did that. And then you had uh, another 112, I think, that were pushed to, to Thursdays. But, but with
1: the with the dust being settled on mm-hmm. all of it, was there any difficulties <clears> looking back? Did you hear of anything that was kind I of legitimi- dramatic? I, legi-
2: I legitimately, I haven't. didn't either. And that's think, why I'm asking and you. And that's the thing. there's
1: always drama around this kind of stuff. But I didn't hear and that it too much. And that's
2: the key. I think that mm-hmm. that's the biggest key in all of this is that you didn't have all of the, you know, all of the the chaos. It was chaos. Or maybe it just
1: wasn't. Outward.
2: (laughs) Well, that that could very well be true, too. But at the same time, because we didn't hear about Mm -hmm. it, I think that that speaks to everyone it takes to have a Football Friday in your individual area go the way that it did. And you've got to give as much credit to everyone across the board to make sure that the games happened the way they did. They went off as flawlessly as possible. Everyone cooperated with everyone else. All the different aspects to make sure that uh, you had everything from a ball boy to you know, cuz you're talking to parents you got to talk to parents about having a ball boy there a day early or two days early Those
1: I don't think the ball boy no, was at the top no, of everyone's list. No but what I'm saying is no but
2: what I'm saying is it's one of the moving I know, parts I know I know I know all of the different you gotta moving parts Got to get that parts. free hot dog at halftime Absolutely
1: I used to do that the for my sister's soccer team
2: But that's the thing it's like all the different moving parts mm-hmm. something that we don't think about until it's there yeah. in front of us I think that that's key, and the fact that everything went off as as much without a hitch as possible, I think it speaks. You got to give everybody here in the state a lot of credit.
1: Well, we here at GPB shuffled our game. It was Thursday night, went off without a darn hitch here.
2: Went off without a darn hitch.
1: <laughs> number eight Calhoun versus number one Cartersville, and this one went to triple OT.
2: Third overtime. Keeper, gamble, gamble, not going to get in. Calhoun has won and. Bill's
1: 62-game region winning streak. Unbelievable. On the Crazy. back of running back, Caden Williams. Mm-hmm. The Yellow Jackets pulled it out 50-48 to 48 to win it. They go 4-2 on the season, John.
2: 36 for 169 on the day for our Georgia Cotton Commission player of the game. And you mm-hmm. could tell in the interview, for those that <laughs> watch the game either Thursday or Friday or who have caught up and, and re-watched the game, just the emotion. With these two great football towns, and you have a, a moment like Caden Williams, who was absolutely gassed.
1: I mean, he was lights out.
2: But, you know, once again, you, you see the, the emotion that's attached to it, yeah. the win, what it meant, everything to these two towns. And you got you got to—I mean— Five turnovers for Cartersville yes. cost them, or four of them cost them early. 28 4 in the first half, yeah. It was 28 7 at one point, 28 14 at the half, mm-hmm. and holding on five minutes to go. I think it was tied. Then uh, you hold on, you go to free football, and it was just it was a crazy night. I mean, yeah. uh, how late did you sleep on uh Friday morning?
1: I didn't get home till like 1 a.m.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you.
1: We I got to work at 9 a.m. Uh-huh. for counting on the kickoff, I'm aware. and got home at 1 a.m. Yes. I didn't fall asleep till like two thirty a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right, once again, I'm
2: right there with you. And then you.
1: I was up at seven a.m. with the girls. So, ooh, what an idea! But, a night that but was.
2: once again, uh, and we talk about all the moving parts that make mm-hmm. a that make a game day happen. Yeah. I think everybody here at Georgia Public Broadcasting should get an equal shout out yeah, because absolutely. every every part of our lives shifted an entire day, if not two, to make sure that production trucks were in place, all the crews were in place, all the personnel was there to make sure that games could uh, go off without a hitch on our end as well. So everybody here at GPB gets a big shout-out as well for uh, you know making it look as seamless as possible when sliding a game day.
1: Quarterback Trey Townsend was 10 of 18 passing for 171 yards, two touchdowns, and scored on two QB sneaks. He had a big night as well. So, John, I want to ask you, how does this game rank on your John's <laughs> all-time – Wildest games. John's all-time
2: wildest game list. Something like that.
1: Yes, you're own. You're introing your own list.
2: I am. I'm introing <laughs> my own list. You see, but I don't should know. Should
1: I give a shot at it? I think you should. John's. John <laughs> all-time craziest game list.
2: I, mean, I can we get some reverb on that in post? That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And so we get if we. If we See, yeah, so we got commander, we got we got ambassador Jeremy and Jake the Snake giving the thumbs up on the reverb. We are be giving awesome. thumbs
1: down on all of oh, that. Okay. I'm giving
2: an absolute thumbs up.
1: So where does it rank? Uh,
2: you got to go with Cambridge and Johns Creek last year on Football Fridays. Okay.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I think uh, Westminster Blessed Trinity, the championship game from 2016 that went to overtime, uh, where you had the big comeback, and then it goes into overtime. Fantastic finish there as well. Uh, probably. Let's see, excitement. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say those three off the top of my head. Take uh, last week and then mm-hmm. add those first two off the top of my head, just for sheer excitement value. I mean, that that wasn't like a one that uh, that finished that had a fantastic finish. I mean, there are other yeah. games that were exciting for various reasons, but those fantastic finishes, those yeah. would be top three.
1: Well, definitely keep that one. On the list. Keep that one on the list. Let's take a quick look around the rest of the state before we run out of time here in this intro. <laughs> Let's start with the game in Lawrenceville between two unbeaten teams sitting at five and zero. They were sitting at five and zero atop the Region Eight Seven A standings. Mill Creek. Wow! This mm-hmm. score beat Central Gwinnett fifty-eight to seven. It was also a battle for the early lead in Region Four Seven A. Parkview beat South Gwinnett forty-one to seven. Two of the three ranked teams in Region One Six A were going out at Lee County, beat Houston County fifty to twenty-one. Then in Region Eight Three A, Hebron Christian, under first-year head coach Jonathan Guess, is six and zero for the first time ever with a thirty-five to twenty-eight win over Oconee County, and it's the fir- it was the first ever meeting between Callaway and Columbia. In Region 5-2A, the Cavaliers defeated the Eagles 32-12. Our web game was Roswell versus Blessed Trinity. Roswell blanked them 26-0. So, John, the, the theme of this scoreboard is that region play is an eye-opener for some of these teams that have been doing so well. What was your take across the board this week?
2: Ooh, doggy. That's my take right there. No, it's we're just we're never going to get through this. No, we're not. No, uh, just when you when you look at a lot of these heavyweight battles, I mean, uh, it was I think it was games where uh, Central Gwinnett will learn from what happened. Mm-hmm. I think a Houston County will learn and take take the evidence. A uh, Columbia will learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had fantastic starts, all three of those, just as examples. And although the result didn't go the way that you were anticipating or that you would have liked at the end of the day, I think that you take these lessons early in region play. And, yes, the team that won has a bit of an inside track on getting that, that top seed and all of the home games that you want if you're going to make a deep playoff run. But take those, take those examples. Take what you learned from these. Apply it forward because you still have a handful of games left in your region schedule to chase after that two and possibly chase after the one if you get an upset that's above you in the table uh, there in the region standing. So I think it's just lessons learned. And you sit there and you take the, take the film, you take your huddle, and you'll learn from it and go forward for the balance of uh, season two.
1: So week one of Region play in the book. Second week, we've got a big Region five seventy battle between North Cobb and Walton coming up this Friday on GPB. We will preview that one later in the show, as well as one of the state's biggest rivalries. We mentioned it at the top. Yes, the we did. The Wintersville Classic between... Reverb, please. Lounds and Valdosta. John talked to both coach, so we'll hear from them in just a little bit. But our web game this week is also another Region 5-7A matchup. First region game for each of the teams, both 5-0. That's Kennesaw Mountain versus Osborne.
2: Really looking forward to this one for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, my history with Kennesaw Mountain head coach Caleb Carmine goes back to his time as a football player at Shorter University. And uh, story time with John, very quick. I hosted the Shorter University Coaches Show when they were in the NAIA and had playoff berths, and Caleb was a part of that roster. So to see him carry on as a head coach now at Kennesaw Mountain to see what he's been able to do there has been really cool. And then we add uh, the coolness factor of what is going on at Osborne. I think it's, it's Osborne traditionally in Cobb County, uh, you know, if you look at five wins and that's something that happens over a span of seasons total. But to see the, the start that they have had under head coach Lukman Salam has been very, very cool to see. And it really, really was great to catch up with Coach Salam. Here's our conversation with the man who's going to be hosting Kennesaw Mountain on an early region battle. <laughs>
1: Hey, Coach Salam. So this is your second year at Osborne. You went 1-8 last season. Now you're 5-0. and That's the most win since 2009. What's your secret this year? What's been the biggest difference with the team?
0: Uh, I, I really think um, just kind of our togetherness. Um, uh, obviously, our, our maturation in terms of what we understand and what we can do. Uh, we've been a very young team the last two years, two years ago. Year before I got there, they had to start a lot of freshmen, and uh, last year we were playing with, you know, a lot of sophomores. In fact, our offensive line was a freshman and four sophomores, mm. and so now we're we're a little older. It's the second year, uh, kind of doing a lot of the similar things. Uh, we've also been able to just get big, get bigger, faster, and stronger. And then uh, we've we've beefed up even our coaching staff. We've gone from having seven coaches to having twelve coaches, and um, and being able to. Just kind of function a little bit better, our numbers are bigger um we when I first got here um that first day in the weight room, we had about twenty four kids in the weight room wow. <laughs> our first day at spring practice we had about about twenty seven and thirty kids at spring practice, and now our numbers are up to in the eighties and nineties, mm. and so we uh we're just able to function a lot better as a team, and, and that's kind of led to some. Some early success.
2: Did you have a gut feeling in the summer and leading into scrimmages in August that this could be a team that really could come out of the blocks the way that they have?
0: Uh, I, I knew we were better. I, I knew that uh, our kids had grown and, and their understanding had grown, but you never know. I mean, you, you know, until you start playing games and, and until you start doing things, I, I was I, I, I can say I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, our first game against Woodstock we we really felt that that was going to be a tough football game for us to to win Um, and to win it in the matter that we did was uh was was kind of shocking but it was uh, it was was thrilling also
1: well it seems like you love Cobb County football you're an uh, alumni and player at Campbell then you coached at Wheeler and you were the longtime DC at Hillgrove what is it about Cobb County football that's so appealing to you and what have you learned the most along the way
0: yeah, I think that Cobb County just has a a great mix of kids, a great mix of coaches. Um, you know, Cobb County boasts some, some really high uh, academic standards. And so I think what you have is you've got great community uh, in Cobb County, all all across the board, all across the county. And obviously, because being a large county um, and having so many schools, you've got 15, 16 high schools, you, you know, you're just in a great, great pool of athletes, and uh, and it just makes for for really great football. And so, just being a being a resident of Cobb County all these years, it's, it's it's lovely to just be a part of that whole process of of, of high school football and and uh, and education in Cobb County.
2: Why take the jump from being a longtime coordinator to being a head coach? Then meaning before the beginning of last season, what was the trigger in your brain to say, okay, I think I want to be a head coach now and I want to do it at a program that has had uh, a lot of difficulty, frankly, in their regular seasons? What what caused the jump in your brain to go from coordinator to head coach?
0: Well, I mean, some natural events. So, uh, you know, when I got to Hillgrove, my son was a kindergartner. And when I left (laughs) Hillgrove, he graduated from high school. Wow. So, so, you know, I was at Hillgrove, was in a good place. My son was happy. My kids were happy. Everybody was good. He was progressing along. He he started making friends and started playing ball and I wasn't gonna uproot that. Um the other part of it was and I, I, I coached with some great guys and I worked for a great head coach and uh you know, the head coaching part of it is great and it's wonderful but You know, having that kind of family-like atmosphere, that kind of community uh, was special to me. And so I I wasn't in a rush to go be a head coach. But I did also feel like um, I had something to offer uh, students that were coming from a background similar to me. And and we had that at Hillgrove, maybe not in the quantity. um, and, And so seeing an opportunity, I saw an opportunity at Osborne where the job came open heard about the, the the kids and the community and, and, and all those things. And obviously I do because I was from down the street. Uh, and so, you know, I coach to impact something positive in young men. And so I saw an opportunity to do that, uh, regardless of what their record was, how many ball games they won. Um, you know, that, that was important to me. And it was a huge challenge, but uh I, I saw an opportunity to to affect change in some young men, and so I jumped at it.
1: You're not only 5-0. and You're putting up huge offensive numbers, holding teams to 14 points or less. You scored 55 points against John's alma mater, Lakeside. <laughs> tell me <Sorry>. about <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about what's making your team go this year and, and maybe brag on some of your playmakers that our audience might not know about.
0: Yeah, I, I think... Um, you know all the things that we talked about already has paid dividends, but we do have some explosive players. Uh, our running back, Khalif Walters, has had a wonderful first start to the season. He had almost 700 yards on the ground. Um, he's that he, he doesn't pack a lot of size, but he, he packs the speed. And so when he gets into open space, he's a problem. Uh, I've got another senior wide receiver who's about a six-three. 210, uh, 25 pound kid who, who's a problem and also has big play capability. Our quarterbacks really come along and gain some confidence in Edward Burr uh, as a as a junior and a first year starter. And so, all those things have have played dividends for us. Our offensive line, um, you know, their maturation, all of that is, has been really good for us. And then I brought in a, a legendary play caller, and a legendary coach. And, And Coach Ironside, Mm -hmm. Um, he's. uh, I've said this many times. To me, in my opinion, I work for him at Hillgrove. He's one of the special coaches in our state. So when I was able, and he was willing to come to Osborne and pour into this community and into these into this team uh, from a coaching standpoint, it was just it was a no-brainer because the impact that he has on our kids, our offense, our coaches, our school. Um, it's just tremendous. So, uh, I think all those things have, have, have is, is one of the reasons why we've seen some success we have on side of
2: all. What was that conversation like with you and Coach Ironside? Was it like um, you, you want to come back to Cobb County? You want to be my coordinator? What was it? How long did it take him to say yes when you when you first reached out?
0: <laughs> it took a while. Uh, you know, I was going to say
1: was, you probably thought about it for a bit.
0: Yeah, he thought about it for a while, for a while but. Um, but not really. Um, you know, coach has that type of humble heart. He could probably go anywhere he wanted to go. People would love to have Coach Ironside on their staff anywhere in the state. Um, where he was, he was um he was doing just fine, having some success. Um, but I think our friendship and um kind of brought us back together again. We really enjoyed our time together at Hill Grove, Um and he was looking to kinda of get back to the metro area. And uh, he's just that guy. And so he saw the same opportunity I did, which was to, to pour into some young men who need it. And so he said, oh, I'm in. And it didn't take a, a whole lot of arm um uh, by me. And uh, I'm just so glad that he decided to come. I'm glad he's standing on our sideline.
1: Well, you guys have certainly done a spectacular job so far this season. You just had a bye week before heading into your region opener, Region 5 7A opener, between another 5-0 and team against Kennesaw Mountain. It's our GPP web game of the week. We are so excited to feature this one. Previewed this game for us. Uh, what are the keys to victory to, to get you guys at 6-0? and
0: Yeah, they're, they're a very good football team. Extremely talented uh, football team. They've got Power 5 uh, commits. Uh, all over the field, um, and you know they're they're special on offense and some of the things that they can do and very explosive. Uh, so we're, we we've got a we've got a difficult task in front of us. We haven't played a team that's, that has this level of talent, and uh, but I think the key for us is to be us. And we've got to continue to play hard-nosed, tough defense. Uh, we've got to get the ball into the our playmakers' hands uh, and give them an opportunity to to make plays. And I think that's the big thing. I think when you get into games like this, you don't try to reinvent yourself. You, you be who you are. You be the best version of that. And uh, usually things turn out okay.
2: If you win one more game this season, you will have matched the win total at that school from 2015 to 2021. What has the response in the community been like with this, with the way the season has gone so far? What has it been like there in the Osborne community to sit there and see this success where right now you're I mean you don't play another game you don't win another game you're at 500 most wins that the program has had I think since 94 what has the response been like in the community with this response that you and coach Ironside and the staff and the players have all put in this season at Osborne
0: well I'll I'll tell you by telling this little story and I I'll, I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds here but we won't, we
2: won't to, we won't tell anybody if you're <laughs> you
0: we, I was talking to another coach and his wife is an Osborne alum, and he told his wife, hey, I'm on the phone with Coach Salaam, and she said, you tell Coach Salaam I'm proud to be a Cardinal. Oh. And she said, I promise you that is the first time I have ever heard her say wow. that. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, the response uh, has been tremendous, especially from the alumni mm-hmm. uh, and, and people from the Osborne community. I mean, people who graduated in 88 and 78, and uh, I had a a school secretary reach out to me and say, Coach, we're coming to the game. We're the class of 1988. Can you give us a shout-out? And so it's it's been awesome Um, just the the positive energy that's surrounding our program right now. Uh, Our boys deserve it. They work so hard. They're so, you know, so humble. But they're, they're they're appreciative which is something that sometimes is rare to find. Um our kids just, you know, you tell them, "Hey, this is what we got to do," and they're just willing to do it because they're so they're so hungry to do something and have something positive. And that's uh it's really refreshing. Um I'm really having a great time. We've got a great coach staff. We we just got good people around our program uh with great attitudes and so it's uh it's been a very wonderful journey so far.
2: So then my last question for you has to do with our recruiting show, Recruiting 2022. And yes. traditionally at the end of the show, every single week with Hannah, Matt Stewart, and myself, we have the segment called Make That Kid an Offer. And I know that you've bragged on some of your players already this uh, in, in this particular show. Is there someone that is a senior that for whatever reason – Overlooked. They're not tall enough. They're not big enough. They're not thick enough. You know, one thing or the other, they're overlooked and they, you know, they're they're passed over for whatever reason. Is there anyone on your roster that you would sit there and put your hand in the air and the other hand to your heart and sit there and go, make this kid an offer or make that kid a better offer? Who would fit that? Uh, who would fit that profile for you there this year?
0: Well, those there's those two kids that I mentioned. Um, Khalif Walters is a football player. Regardless of his size, um, he can really scoot, he can put one foot in front of the other, and he's a football player, one true and true. And I think that's that's important. And you can recruit a body and recruit an athlete, but you better recruit a kid that's eat up playing football. And and that's Khalif Walters and, and then also Josh Joshua Horton, who has some offers, um, but he's he, he he needs bigger offers and should because he's a great kid, uh great student, he has a three point eight GPA. Uh, he, he's not done growing. He's six three, over two hundred pounds, size sixteen shoe, hmm. and can run and catch and run and catch the football. And and he, and just the character of the kid, um, he's a he's a guy you need on your campus. And uh, both of those kids, in my opinion, are uh, are guys that we're hoping that get bigger offers, better offers, more offers. Um, just because they're, they're just tremendous kids and, and tremendous athletes and going to be really good football players at the next level.
2: How hard is it to find a size 16 cleat?
0: <laughs> really hard. Uh, it's really hard for them to find cleats and shoes. And uh, Coach and I went fishing uh, over the break, and we said, let's stop over here and see if we can find uh, Joss shoes." Because, And it was hard. It was really hard. But, uh He's a uh, he's a great kid. He really is, and and uh, I think he's going to be special on the on
2: the next level. See, and now you've opened the door for the next conversation because you mentioned you and Co- is it coach you and Coach Ironside went fishing. Yes. Sir. Okay, so we'll 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 save that for the next conversation about who's, two. Who's, the, who's the better angler between the two of you, uh, Coach Salam? Thanks for hanging out mm-hmm. with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We cannot wait to show your game with uh, Kennesaw Mountain this week. Great things going on at Osborne. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the show. Thank you. Okay, so once again, story time two with John.
1: Oh, man. The,
2: the irony here, and we actually have an irony alert today. Where Coach Ironside was, a you know, longtime coach at Hillgrove, started the program. Now, after Hillgrove, he goes to Worth County, and he's coaching How there. How does
1: that happen?
2: It's, 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 it's
1: like you planned it.
2: I, I did. I absolutely planned it. <laughs> but now, and so he had t- uh, two seasons, I want to say, at Worth County's the mm-hmm. head coach. And now he's back in Cobb County as an assistant at Osborne. So, at the, so the, the circle of life in Georgia high school football, inc- conclu- it includes, not concludes, it includes the new toys and our new friends. So here you go. New friend, uh, Philip Ben, Coach Ironside with the, his previous stop before he came back to Cobb County to hang out with Coach Salam at Osborne.
1: That's such a cool story, too, that Coach Salam was working for him, mm-hmm. and now he's working for Coach Salam. And it's just – it it really is – I never thought I would say that about Osborne, but it's mm-hmm. really coming full circle, and it's, and like, it's a really you, cool story How do you year. figure that conversation went?
2: Uh, coach, hello? Coach, I want you to – Are Wait. you still there,
1: Coach? Hello? Yeah, one of those. I love it. All right, well, one of the biggest rivalry games of the year is being played Friday. It's the – Wintersville Classic. I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> a battle between six and zero Valdosta and three and two lounge. This one usually determines the leader in Region 7 A, the one of the toughest regions in the entire state.
2: In the entire planet.
1: On the Earth.
2: Yes, on the Earth, one of the toughest regions on the Earth, and it was, uh, you know, if you don't have a ticket, you ain't getting a ticket, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, and this is at. Martin Stadium on the campus of Lounge High. If you don't have a ticket, you might be able to get on campus to tailgate if you get there early enough. And I think that the way that it works is that they have to clear everyone at the end of the school day, whenever that is. Everybody gets off campus, then they let folks in to start tailgating. So you're probably talking 4 o'clock for an 8 o'clock start to start finding parking spaces. So if you don't have a ticket, you're in trouble. If you don't line up early to find a parking space on campus, you're in trouble. And, I mean, there are folks who are probably parking down the road, around the corner. There are a couple of malls, uh, like maybe uh, half a mile, Mm -hmm. quarter to a half a mile down the road. Wow. That, you know, might let you park there. See, I'd love to know what the parking situation is off campus. On campus, it's tight enough as it is. So if you, on, on your Friday night, mm-hmm. if you are driving down I-75 or driving up I-75 and you see around exit, I think it's like exit 18, all these bright lights. That's Martin Stadium. I want to know what the parking situation is. I want to know if folks are like on the grass. He I want to know. over for pull, sure. Yeah, like, uh, no, I'm serious. People will pull over on the freeway to get the vibe of the game. Seriously, because it's right there. That's yeah. the stadium that's right there that you pass by when you're in the, the Valdosta city limits. It is right there. Wow. Do not be surprised if in the northbound lanes people have pulled over to the side of the road <laughs> to get the vibe of this game because they're not allowed on campus and don't have a ticket.
1: Well, John caught up with both coaches earlier this year, and Valdosta head coach Shelton Felton described how tough of a region this is and what his expectations are for this region schedule. Let's listen in.
0: We're in a tough region. Um, I thought the process was a little unfair at times. Uh, we're a 7A, but at the same time, if we're a single, we're going to play Lounge. If we're a double, we're going to play Cockwood. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It's just the, oldest, the oldest rival in South Georgia, so we're going to play each other. But we look, we look forward to the challenge. Um, I think our region is thrown top to bottom. Um, with Camden and Richmond Hill in the, in the region, I think it's a tough region. Um, like I tell the guys, the SEC of the South, uh, so it's going to be a tough. Uh, the biggest thing about the region is, you know, we only four, four five schools in the south, the rest of them in the north. It's a lot of traveling, wear and tear, but we look forward to the challenge.
2: And on the flip side of this is the coaching tree of Rush Probst. Three coaches in the same region, two of them going against each other. All friends in the Wintersville Classic. Zach Grade, Shelton Felton, everybody's on the same speed dial. And Sean Calhoun, the head coach at Cockwood's the third. By the way, Coach Hammond at Worth is also a part of this discussion, that he's part of the Rush Probst coaching tree. But mm. we caught up with Zach Grage to get his vibe on what it's like to be coaching against your friends.
0: I would think that's some kind of record. Um, so. Especially kind of where we all are in our careers and our past to get there. Um, you know, Sean Shelton and I were all together in 2014 at Cockwood. Sean stayed that extra year. Uh, Coach Felton and I left that season. Uh, didn't stay for the 15 year. But, you know, Felton and I uh, – up until this point, really almost spoke about every day through his trials in Chattanooga and Akron and and Tennessee and just working all the way through. Uh, And then, you know, I stayed in the high school ranks, but, um, you know, Sean and I have stayed in touch as well. I think we really kind of reconnected. Chase Parrish actually played quarterback. We went to his wedding. Um, Rush was there, it was kind of a, you know, matching back up, it was kind of fun. But. You know, you have that. It's still about Austin about Lounds. It's still about Cockwit Lounge, and that's what's going to be, you know, the game. But then, you you know, you definitely want those bragging rights for 364 days.
1: They also talked about lessons they both learned from Coach Probst. And Coach Grage learned to hire the best people you possibly can mm-hmm. and then let them work. Yep. And Coach Felton said Rush taught him to think outside the box, that things can be unlimited when you think bigger than what the picture presents itself. And he also learned to never give up on a single kid. So some good lessons from Coach Propes there.
2: Yep, and uh, I will try and track down Rush for my weekly column and see what his thoughts are nice. on Region 17 Seven A and on the Wintersville Classic.
1: Yeah, in and the and the coaching tree all up under oh, him. I want to no. I want to hear about that too, John.
2: No doubt, it's going to be. fun. I'll be to, your first reader. Yes, so she'll be my proofreader this week for that one. So oh, uh,
1: you don't want me doing that. No, no, no. Send that to uh, Commander Sandy. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> all right. So uh, what else is you on? We got your to mind? preview our game of the week right. again. The Region Five region five yeah. how many a's seven, seven. A. seven i have one a on here and i knew that, <laughs> that was is not correct correct no three and two north Cobb versus four and one walton going at it thoughts on this one john well, what is the storyline of the week
2: well walton won 51 over north paulding last mm. week so you you wonder what recovery is going to be like and you got that extra day which may help And you've got North Cobb, who was off after being on on Football Fridays two weeks ago. So when you get a matchup like this that can be the early marker for region play against teams, that uh, a team in Walton that really puts up a lot of points when given the chance to, and then a team in North Cobb that, you know, likes to work right now in the 20s as you're trying to figure out uh, what it's like with a very young quarterback, with a sophomore quarterback who's taking over from Malachi Singleton. So does the game get out of the 20s if the game gets out of the 20s does Walton end up you know with things more their way if it stays in the 20s and it's tough on defense is it more North Cobbs way so I think that that's the that's the question and the conundrum that we face in this one
1: my Zoom interview this week has been confirmed. It's
2: ben Hall, isn't it?
1: North Cobb Ben Hall. Yep. So that'll be that'll be great on recruiting 2020 as well. Okay, staff whip around time. Go for it, staff whip around. Darlington is in the lead. They're six and zero. Remains the only undefeated in the group after 38 to seven win over Kusa.
2: Yes. So uh, you know Darlington once again, they've had to play. I mean, they played a team out of Pennsylvania earlier this yeah, year. Jeremy
1: said we want to get them on the the one of the web games. <laughs> so we're petitioning Kevin to get it as a web game.
2: Okay, so so Ambassador Jeremy, he's uh, he's out of the blocks. Is the only undefeated survivor. So you won the survivor pool, I, I guess. I mean, he
1: has a strong take on it. I, mm-hmm.
2: mean, I he, bet he does.
1: We can't get Lasseter on. Lassiter 3-2, but they got a big win. 23-20 mm-hmm. over Johns Creek. Lakeside wins. Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. I'm trying to figure out who Lassiter's playing this week. Because I thought I saw that Lasseter had a heavy-duty opponent
1: efforting. You're not Oh, yeah.
2: Roswell's at Lasseter.
1: Oh. That's right. That's right. right.
2: Yeah, cuz we talked to a coach Pruitt from Roswell. And we and, told
1: him to <laughs> No, told no, him to go. No, I you did. Told him to go easy on my Trojans. Yeah.
2: He says look, he said he's going to look <laughs> out for you. We'll see what happens.
1: He said, I quote, "We'll take care of them." <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, coach. You will. That <laughs> was on the That was on the post game show. Uh-huh. Okay. Am mm-hmm. I Can I go along? Yes, you go, can. You can can may continue. I, next next game? Next, yes. Okay. Lakeside four and two. They win forty to fourteen over Johnson out of Gainesville. Johnson Gainesville,
2: yep. And uh, Johnson Gainesville, you know, four and two with a non-region mm-hmm. schedule, so it's it's still a still a work in progress for you and your best friend Morris Starr, the head coach at Lakeside. Gotta love him. Who's next on the list?
1: Who's next? Parkview five and one.
2: Parkview's five and one. Nice Beat going. Beat South Burnett
1: forty-one to seven. We talked about that game. Yep.
2: Head coach Godfrey in the mm-hmm. post-game show too. Yes, we did. Uh huh.
1: Decatur.
2: Uh oh! Here we go. Two and four. All right, Commander Sandy, what's going on?
1: What? They got the win. Got the homecoming
0: win. They mm-hmm. got the win.
2: Homecoming win.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tucker now in their region, which is kind of kind of different.
2: Yeah. So and you had a Friday it. night game.
0: Yes, they, they get homecoming, so I guess
2: they figured they were going to, you know, tough it out.
1: Okay. Weathered the storm. Region four five a Tucker fifty three to twenty eight, and finally. I don't want to call it the loser. That's not right.
2: The only one who did not win. How about that?
1: Well, Sandy does have written that it <laughs> the only loser of the week. So this is King But I meant King, like Central Macon is the last team on our right, staff with Brown list. Right. One and five. The King James. They were blanked. Yes. 47 to zero. By Northeast. Yep. Well, North East, Northeast
2: Macon's a very good team. Yeah. Northeast Macon is a very mm-hmm. good team in middle Georgia that kind of uh, flew below the radar last year. So I want to see if it was a bit of a rough start for them this year. But once again, we talk about season one leading into season two. I want to see if Northeast Macon continues to do what they did last season, if they do a repeat of that this season. And uh, sorry, King James, that uh, Central Macon was in the way this past week.
1: So King James.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: At the end of the race, Jeremy. What are we calling a, Jeremy? Commander Jam? No, no, no I'm Sandy. Ambassador, just ambassador, ambassador Jeremy. Jeremy. at the top of the list. Yes. Stop no,
2: over. it was it was not, it was just because Central Macon was the uh last school we were talking about, it was not a reflection of them being last.
1: But they are on our list.
2: Yeah, they're on the list.
1: Hey, did we ever get any reviews last week on the podcast, Sandy? No. Uh, man!
2: So, so leave us a review. Leave, leave us like us a seventy-eight review, star please. review, please. We we a go- want a good review. Yes, yes. <laughs> good reviews are always welcome. John
1: sweet. sensitive.
2: Yes, uh, very. Uh, especially after a sunburn on the top of my head. Um, all right. So, a uh, great. You know, like a seven-star, a 78-star review. Mm-hmm. Tell us cool and positive things. Yeah. So, please leave us a review when it comes to the podcast.
1: All right. We're out of time. Our Football Friday Game of the Week. North Cobb-Walton we Friday just, just at 7.30. Web we game, just... Kennesaw Mountain versus Osborne mm-hmm. simultaneously streaming. The dot org or the GBB Sports app. Don't forget, counting on kick kickoff every Thursday with John and I. We recap. We preview. We have fun with everybody in the Facebook comment section live. Mm-hmm on gpb facebook live that's thursday at noon
2: Mm -hmm. that is true so it's time for me to look at everybody i'm gonna turn to my right so that means for everyone behind the glass let's see jake the snake ambassador jeremy commander sandy and king james and for hannah i'm just john enjoy your games everybody play it safe that's another round of the football fridays in georgia podcast here at gpb